Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's official. Donald Trump is no longer the president of the United States. As I speak, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are being inaugurated and are being sworn in to their positions And we are about to enter a very new era of national politics, of federal politics. I don't expect that it will be easy in any way. We have oversimplified our problems in the sense that we have blamed many of our deep systemic problems that predated Trump. We have blamed many of those things on him, including police brutality and mass incarceration when those things were fully entrenched before he ever took office. But I want to say, and I want to talk about this this one thing today, I want to say the one reason why I'm going to have a serious degree of grace and patience with both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris that I think a year ago I probably would not have offered had the two of them been sworn in, but a lot has happened over the past year. Let me tell you why I'm going to have grace as they begin this extremely difficult journey. Let me unpack and explain it. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the Breakdown. The Breakdown. The Breakdown. If you've ever listened to this podcast or if you follow me on social media, if you've ever seen or heard me on the campaign trail for Bernie Sanders, you know that I've been a huge, huge critic of Joe Biden. And in particular, I've been a huge critic of his his policies and history and and kind of problematic past on issues of mass incarceration, the war on drugs and policing. And when this presidential campaign, particularly if we go all the way back almost two years now, when the Democratic primaries first started, uh, there was no coronavirus pandemic. There had been no attack on the American Capitol. And the 400,000 plus people who've now died over the past nine months, they were they were all alive. And. What has happened to our nation over the past year truly makes it arguably one of the most difficult years in modern American history. Uh, Certainly over the past 
few generations at the very least. It's just been an unspeakably difficult year. And the truth is that all of the things that made 2020 so hard, as we saw, just continued into 2021. Now, with Trump out of office and with him off of Twitter, and and I, I that's no small thing. I, I wasn't I was on break from the podcast when he was booted from Twitter and didn't get a really didn't get a chance to really unpack it. But having him off of Twitter is damn near as big as having him out of the White House. Twitter was his superpower. And with him no longer there, misinformation and hate and so much other things, so many other things just plummeted all over social media, but particularly on Twitter. He he we now fully understand was the epicenter of hate and misinformation on that platform. And when you remove him, all of a sudden so many other negative metrics plummeted as well. Now, hate and racism and bigotry don't disappear when you remove him from Twitter. But having Trump out of office without the power of that position, without the power to appoint judges and Supreme Court justices and cabinet members and White House staffers and without the power of executive actions, without him and his incompetent team overseeing the uh, uh, horrible response to the coronavirus pandemic, a competent team can now be put in place. And so a lot of the things that made 2020 difficult, some of those things continue into 2021. But with Trump out of office, his administration out of office, and with him off of Twitter, I think there are some things that will get better. With that said, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are literally about to begin what I think will be the most difficult presidency in our lifetime. Um, You know, maybe even more difficult than leading through the civil rights movement, through, through the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, like leading through the pandemic where thousands of Americans, in essence, a 9-11 number of people dying every day from the coronavirus, where we are spiraling toward 500,000 people perhaps by the end of this month, leading during this time where the economy is ravaged, where all of our public health systems are ravaged, is so difficult that anybody who's ever been a leader before has to give Joe Biden and Kamala Harris a degree of grace and dignity and and space. Um, That doesn't mean that we don't hold him accountable, but what it does mean is that we have to acknowledge those of us, listen, right now, I'm not in the White House. I'm in a podcast studio. Do you understand what I'm saying? After I record this podcast, I'll go back to all the things that I do to lead the Grassroots Law Project and Real Justice and the organizations that I oversee. 
I'll go back to that work. But I'm not in the White House. I, I am in a podcast studio. I am not overseeing a presidential administration. I am not overseeing the nation's coronavirus response. I am not overseeing the rollout of the vaccinations as thousands and thousands of Americans die every day. I am not overseeing a battered economy where millions of Americans have lost their jobs, have lost their health care. I am not over, I don't live in Washington, D.C. I live in Brooklyn. I'm not overseeing a city that just had its capital overtaken. I say all that to say, as a leader, as someone who's been a leader for the past 25 years, my entire adult life, when you've been a leader, you know when a job is painfully difficult. And you know when to just acknowledge it. I don't mean to say acknowledge it and shut up. But you know, you know when something is so hard that you have to respect the person who said, give me that difficult responsibility. And Joe Biden, if I... If I have any hope for him, it is that he literally wanted to be president his entire adult life. He ran for president in the 80s, in the 2000s against President Obama, and ran again as a, literally, I don't mean it as a diss, as a senior citizen. Like the man wanted this position and. I think Trump wanted the position, but I, th I think Joe Biden wants the responsibility. And that's something Donald Trump never wanted. I was like a lot of you. I, I don't know a lot of people who are wowed by Joe Biden's um, uh, leadership or, or intellect. But... I am, I am wowed by his commitment to step up during this very difficult time. And a lot of people seeing, like, if, if we knew that it was the pandemic, and if we knew that this moment was all that it has been, I think Joe Biden still would have ran. Like, he still would have said, yeah, I want, I want to step up and lead. And I already have real criticisms of decisions he appears to not uh, be prepared to make. He had promised on the campaign trail that on day one of his presidency, he would take real action on the issues of violent policing and mass incarceration and I just saw the dozens of actions that he is going to take today. And there is nothing on policing and mass incarceration. So, yes, I am frustrated about that. And I will stick my neck out and voice it, knowing that I'll be crushed and criticized as a result. But I say it couched in the reality that 
I have even encouraged our staff at the Grassroots Law Project to say, listen, we have to find a way to try to support this administration through the impossibly difficult time they find themselves in. And there will be, there will be times where we are critical and there'll be times where we have to say hard things, but at least for the foreseeable future, I just can't treat Joe Biden and Kamala Harris like my political enemies because we need them to succeed. The nation needs them to succeed. Does that mean that our frustrations on international issues, I just saw Joe Biden's administration yesterday say something awful about Palestine, and I hated it. I was deeply disappointed when I saw the long list of executive orders from today, and I searched and searched and searched for anything on police brutality or mass incarceration or the war on drugs. There was nothing. There was all type. He, he covered almost every issue except that one. He basically delivered on all of his day one promises except that. And so, yeah, I'm frustrated. But I, I also understand that they have inherited a presidency, a White House, an administration, a federal government in tatters. And I don't, I don't envy the responsibility. Um, it's, it's a major thing. And we must continue to, to give them not deference, but understanding that this is not 2016. It's not even early 2020. But 2021 is a brave new year. I'll close with this thought. It's, it's something hopeful. I do hope that Joe Biden turns out to be somewhat of a Lyndon Johnson president. Now, Lyndon Johnson, if you've heard the tapes, was a racist. He was an open bigot and literally called black folk the N-word if you hear the audio. He was an old Texas racist. But when he inherited the presidency, after his, his president, John F. Kennedy, was assassinated, he rose to the occasion on the issues of civil rights. And I, you know, I don't mean to say that Lyndon Johnson was one of the best presidents. I, I, don't, I don't think most historians would say that. But on the issue of civil rights, he stood the hell up when it mattered. And I'm hoping, hoping that... Joe Biden, like Lyndon Johnson in that sense, shocks us and rises to the occasion on the coronavirus, on mass incarceration, and on so many other issues, on student loans, on health care. I hope that he is better than his campaign promises, not worse. So here we go. Day one of the Joe Biden presidency. Hope you listen to yesterday's podcast. He's going to be difficult to criticize because of the time that we're in. We just have to push forward. 
day by day, policy by policy. Love and appreciate all of you. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day. We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist? Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening, but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Momentum. Momentum.